This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Today is Sunday, June 7th, 2020. On this day in 2000, the U.S. Justice Department slapped Microsoft with a severe penalty following charges of breaking the law. The company stood accused of engaging in monopolistic practices. And the proposed punishment for breaking this antitrust law wasn't prison or a fine, but splitting the company in half. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Today we're covering the Justice Department's attempt to break up the Microsoft Corporation. The ruling would go on to become one of the most significant decisions ever delivered in an antitrust case. Let's go back to the morning of June 7th, 2000. Sitting in front of his computer, U.S. District Court Judge Thomas Penfield Jackson reread his ruling one more time. It was harsh. It would be met with outrage. But as far as Jackson was concerned, the decree was a long time coming. He'd given Microsoft founder Bill Gates chance after chance to cease and desist his monopolistic practices. And at every turn, it seemed to Jackson that Gates had been untrustworthy and unwilling to obey the law. Ultimately, Judge Jackson had no other choice. He would see to it that in accordance with his ruling, Microsoft was broken up into two separate entities, one to control its Windows operating system and another to run its Internet Explorer web browser. If Bill Gates wanted to appeal the order, he would have to take it up with the Supreme Court. At least, that was Jackson's aim. Confident in his decision, Jackson pressed send. On its way to becoming front-page news, his judgment flew through the waves of the Internet. And it was fitting that the Internet should help deliver the missive that would potentially topple Bill Gates' empire. After all, it was in seeking to control this untamable entity that Gates had unknowingly begun the entire debacle. The Internet was invented in 1983. Nine years later, in 1992, it largely remained the domain of academics and hobbyists. But that all changed in 1993 with the creation of Mosaic. 22-year-old Mark Andreessen wrote the Mosaic browser while he was studying and working for the University of Illinois. It soon became the first tool that allowed everyday people to navigate the Internet. This was due to its user-friendly interface and the fact that it would quickly become compatible with both Macintosh and Microsoft computers. Tech companies such as Spyglass Inc. immediately recognized Mosaic's profitability, so they licensed it from the University of Illinois in 1994. At this point, 23-year-old Mark Andreessen already had his eyes set on a new project. 
Shortly after his departure from the University of Illinois, Andreessen created the Netscape web browser. Netscape was even more popular than Mosaic. The browser, like Mosaic before it, was one of the first to allow consumers to see both images and text when they surfed the web. And soon, the company dominated 70% of the web browser market. It's no surprise, then, that competitors tried to mimic Netscape's success. Ultimately, their efforts were futile. Far from being able to emulate the hot new company, the more established industry players found themselves lagging behind. As a result, 24-year-old Andreessen was soon the toast of Tech Mountain. The inventor even appeared on the cover of Time magazine in 1996. He's quoted as famously saying, we really want to reduce Windows to a buggy set of device drivers. The inventor of Windows, 40-year-old Bill Gates, had something to say about that. In fact, he soon set his sights on eradicating both Netscape and Mark Andreessen. In an attempt to catch up in the browser wars, Gates set out to create a Microsoft version of Netscape. To this end, he actually utilized an offshoot of the source code Andreessen had written for Mosaic. Gates was able to license Andreessen's code for his own purposes from Spyglass Mosaic. Microsoft's Internet Explorer was the result of these efforts. As a web browser, Internet Explorer was just okay. But it didn't matter that Internet Explorer wasn't that great. Not when Gates had access to Microsoft's widely used industry standard operating system, Windows. In February 1996, Gates began bundling the Internet Explorer browser with all Windows software. This meant that for millions of consumers who purchased Windows, it never even occurred to them to download Netscape's browser. Why would they? They already had Microsoft's Internet Explorer right out of the box. This new reality meant that by 1998, just a couple of years after Andreessen's confident Time magazine interview, Gates had nearly wiped out Netscape's browser dominance. Now, Internet Explorer was the browser of choice for the great majority of consumers. Furious about the way Gates utilized Microsoft's operating system to essentially put him out of business, Andreessen hired antitrust experts to go after Microsoft on legal grounds. He soon discovered that he had a pretty good case. The Sherman Act, an American antitrust law, was explicitly written to prevent the kind of prohibitive corporate conduct that Gates allegedly engaged in. Citing this law, in 1998, the U.S. Justice Department charged Microsoft with engaging in anti-competitive and exclusionary practices designed to maintain its monopoly in personal computer operating systems and to extend that monopoly to Internet browsing software. During the ensuing trial, sources present called Bill Gates's testimony evasive. Gates allegedly said, I don't recall, so many times that even the presiding judge laughed. However, a little more than two years after the charges were filed, on June 7, 2000, the delivered punishment was no laughing matter. 
After reviewing the evidence, Judge Thomas Penfield Jackson had recently found Microsoft guilty of unlawfully coupling its operating system and web browser, as well as attempted monopolization in violation of Section 1 and 2 of the Sherman Act. He ordered that Microsoft be broken up immediately. Coming up, Bill Gates appeals the Microsoft judgment. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Now, back to the story. As the scales of justice seemed to tip out of Microsoft's favor in the spring of 2000, Microsoft's share price crashed. Almost $200 billion of shareholder value was wiped out by November of that year. Since the harshness of the ruling was unprecedented and its consequences eye-wateringly costly, Bill Gates and Microsoft quickly appealed Judge Jackson's decision. Fortunately for Gates, as his appeal was pending, Bill Clinton's administration gave way to George W. Bush's. Clinton had sought to crack down on what he perceived as unethical business practices. By contrast, George W. Bush was friendlier to big business. He saw most government interference into the private sector as being detrimental to the economy. In this new climate, the D.C. appeals court overturned Judge Jackson's breakup ruling on June 28, 2001. After rejecting parts of Jackson's decision, the D.C. appeals court removed Judge Jackson from the case. A new judge was assigned to re-examine the evidence presented. In the process of doing so, the appeals court judges denounced Judge Jackson's conduct during the initial trial. Much of their ire was due to interviews that Jackson had given to the media while he was still hearing the case. In these ill-advised sessions, Jackson had allegedly compared top-level executives at Microsoft to drug dealers. In addition, he'd called Bill Gates arrogant, stating he was suffering from a Napoleon complex. These comments caused the appeals court judges to state that Jackson could have recused himself from the case. Perhaps due to Jackson's statements or the more business-friendly political climate, the appeals court ultimately rejected his ruling. On September 6, 2001, the U.S. Justice Department announced that they would no longer seek the breakup of Microsoft. Though Microsoft had behaved in an anti-competitive manner, the court accepted a proposed settlement between the company and the Justice Department. As a result, Microsoft was allowed to remain a singular entity. However, in the 2000s, Bill Gates' Internet Explorer would go on to compete against Mozilla's Firefox and Apple's Safari. Microsoft may have wriggled free of this predicament, but the browser wars were far from over. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For more stories like this, check out the ParCast original, The Dark Side Of, and its new season covering the 1990s. 
Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a Parcast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Dick Schroeder, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Joshua Kern. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Abiyageli Adimegu, with writing assistance by Maggie Admire. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 